What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and we are back. I missed you guys. I haven't done... This is my first one in a while since I went and moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. And so I'm glad to get restarted <laughs> with Starve Talk with this beautiful young lady. I'm going to call a home team because, you know, we're from the same area pretty much. I looked it up, and we're about literally 14 miles away from each other, but, you know, the Hudson River, <laughs> you know, creates a separation, but I lived in the South for a good amount of time. And people drive more than 14 miles. Like it's going out, going out of style. So that's my home team right here. Um, that moved all the way to the motherland, to all our homes. <laughs> and I'm just so excited about her. And I don't even know it like that, but I'm proud of her because a lot of our sisters and brothers, we don't leave home, you know, let alone, you know, like to go out and go to the world and be better with ourselves and, 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 you know, and grow what we're doing because the world is our oyster and people used to say that, but especially people like us, we don't believe it enough. Black people don't believe we can do what we want to do when we want to do it and the way we want to do it. So she's an amazing inspiration to me. I think she's going to be amazing inspiration to you guys. And I know she's already rocking it out with her clients and everything like that. Miss, Mrs. Or Miss. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tanisha we haven't crossed that milestone yeah. yet. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Thank you for reaching out. You know, I feel like sometimes the first um, obstacle people give themselves is not to just reach out to others because they think people won't respond or for whatever reason. So I always encourage people reach out, reach out. You never know who the right people that you're supposed to connect with will respond. So thank you for reaching out. Oh, no. And let me tell you something. It was so funny how we did it, too, because and this is this is going to help everybody. Like I knew I'm like, OK, here's this nice looking young lady from Harlem. I know how Harlem girls get down. I can't <laughs> slide in her DM and look like no creep. That's not about to happen. Right. Because Cass mm -hmm. is like, oh, I'm a photographer. Oh, I, I got a podcast. They do anything. Mm -hmm. They try to holler. I said, Tamika, this, that's my assistant. I said, Tamika, check it out. Right. She seemed like a real businesswoman. So go find her email for her company. Not her personal email, not her to her, her Instagram on her social. <laughs> find her contact for her business. If she's a businesswoman, she's going to respond to that email for her business. So if you guys don't know, go after the business. Do not play no games on social media because if we people of a certain age or from a certain space or cut from a certain cloth we don't we're not going to accept that we're not going to be just answering random people i didn't expect that even though i am who i am and i'm legit but i still understood and i didn't take it personally i like look go find her then i told my sister because she's a woman you know what i'm saying and so you know i'm like oh go find her we gonna you know make something happen and i did put some personal touch on it and, and speak to her myself because i wanted to be genuine and authentic but I knew better than to, than to reach out to you just randomly because I, I didn't want to be, you know, following that crowd with the other people. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate it. I also publicly put out my email address for that very reason. Like, See? I'm all about connecting, so. That's that's perfect. See, now you guys learned something. So next time you want to hit up somebody <laughs> like her or her herself, go to them directly. Get out of their DM with the yeah. crap. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So tell tell the people a little bit about yourself. Um, you going to tell your story a little bit better um, than me, and then I'll ask okay. my questions. Okay, awesome. Oh, I don't know where to start, but I think the first place I always start 
Um, and then I go from there is that I am from New York. I am from Harlem. Um, that does mean a lot to me. And I think it's the foundation of who I am as a human, as a creative person, as a hustler, all those things um, kind of embody and characterize most Harlemites. So we are very proud people, even though we don't have our own borough and we don't have our own city, but we're a very, very proud people, um, understandably. So yes, I started the grew up, born and raised in Harlem, bounced around to boarding school in, near Boston, about 20 minutes outside of Boston, and then went to an HBCU for college. I went to Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and all those things matter to me because I think um, the first pillar of who I am is diver a diverse individual. Um, me, myself, I'm half Puerto Rican and half Black, so I identify as an Afro-Latina and a Black Afro-Latina. Um, I am Black, and so I do like to start with that, but I don't deny my Caribbean roots um, at all. And so starting there and then just the diversity of my network from the people I grew up with to the people I went to school with is really important for who I am as an entrepreneur, but just as a person to understand and see the world from a different perspective. Um, and then the second part of who I am is an, is an entrepreneur, a business owner. Um, I started my first company in 2012, Rebel Agency, which is a public relations and marketing company. And at the core of that is connecting. Um, if, if anyone knows anything about publicists, they are definitely the voice of their clients. And they're really the ones behind the scenes kind of strategizing and making sure that the story is heard that um, their clients get all the shine that they can. And so I'm very much a behind the scenes person. So something like this is a little bit, um, I wouldn't say awkward for me because I do like to talk, but um, I just don't always love to be the center of attention. But I understand how my story can be inspirational and something for people to, uh, you can take something from it, which um, I hope people do. Um, so Yes, my second business I started in 2019, which is a talent agency, and we represent over 20 digital talent, content creators, oh. just talent in general. Um, my goal with Rebel Management, which is the talent company, is to rival some of the big names in the industry. You can't really roll off your tongue Black-owned talent agencies. And in 2023, that's something that is kind of a shame. Um, and yeah. it's not unique to talent. Obviously, that's the same for a lot of different industries. But I think the more we just work and continue to change that in whatever industry interests you or that you're involved in, like, do that. And so for me, that was talent. It was first public relations and then yeah. also talent um, management. And then in 2020... I moved part-time to Johannesburg, South Africa uh, with my partner who is South African. And we met on a random trip that I took to Cape Town. So travel, travel, travel. <laughs> travel <laughs> is very important. Um, getting out of your space. But I think, you know, that all started for me when I was 14 going to boarding school, right? To your point, yeah. Jay, like um, some people are afraid to leave, not just their neighborhood, but America as a whole or yeah. even like destination places like the Caribbean or Mexico or safe you can travel but they're kind of safe a lot of people don't venture to Europe and a, definitely more than a lot of people don't venture, venture to Africa um, there's 54 countries in Africa so many different kinds of experiences that you can have South Africa they call it jokingly Africa 101 it is very <laughs> 
westernized and it uh, it is um definitely probably the easiest transition um from for someone like me that's american but i've learned to love it i've learned to love the people um i recently had a baby who is now half south african wow um, congratulations so, uh thank you very much and so definitely building a life here but to your point bicontinental i'm here i'm in the states Hopefully I'm in Europe soon. I'm everywhere. I definitely want to stake my claim in every part of this world that God has created that we should explore. You're doing it. You're already doing it. And the funny thing, the reason why I do that, and I ask you to speak about yourself, because the name of this podcast is called Starve Talk. And that, mm -hmm. you know, um, acronym stands for Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. Mm -hmm. And so I just hear all the testimonies, all the trials all the adversity from growing up in, well, in Harlem is probably one of the safest place for Afro-Latina, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's so diverse, you know, mm -hmm. so diverse in them 55, 50, 60 blocks that y'all got <laughs> exactly. of, of Manhattan, but it's so diverse there. You got people from all over the Caribbean that's in mm -hmm. Harlem. And um, I know it spilled over to Jersey and, you know, we just, we grew up with Dominicans and, and, and um, Jamaicans and, and Puerto Ricans and everybody. Yeah. yeah. So we were comfortable with each other. You know, then when you start to go to other yeah. parts and you only see, you know, white people or black people or this type, you know, it's not, it's not the same. So being there, then venturing out so young, going out 14, then mm -hmm. going all the way to Atlanta. I mean, from Boston to Atlanta, mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, yes. oh, my God, you know, yes. then the accents, you know, the, the New York yeah. accent going to Boston with that accent. Then you're going straight up shouty, shouty to Atlanta. Yes. You know, yes. it's it's just a lot. But um, the, the lessons that was learned through that, all that embodies what, what we mean by standing tall and reclaiming victory every day. And we're going to come back mm -hmm. to that. But I want people to understand why I, why I do that? Because people, I want people to tell their story their way. Somebody can read your bio mm. and we all yeah. got bios, but yeah. how do you see yourself? How you want people yeah. to see you? And I want them to see the trials and tribulations because it's not just the, why you got asked to be here. You know, it's like mm. all the things that got you to that point yeah. makes it more important. Now I know you dope. Yeah. I'm not even worried about that. I know you dope because <laughs> Because people can't actually, it's a lot of people who've made millions of dollars who won't make the, the journey that you've made. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to make that journey. Um, they're mm -hmm. afraid that they're going to lose their business and things of that nature. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about when you make the journey over to Africa and, um, you know, you decided to move to Africa. You went and hanging out. You met your partner and you decided to move. What was the first thing you thought about when you on um, with your business? Yeah. Well, first I'm going to say, well, in Africa, they hate when you say Africa. They like when you say the specific country. So oh, when Africa. I moved okay. to South Africa, yes. Yes. Um, because, you know, just like people think Black people are a monolith, people think Africa is a monolith, but there mm -hmm. are 54 different countries and hundreds of cultures and tribes and all this other stuff. So if not thousands. Um, so, yes, when I moved to South Africa, who? Um I was driven by love. I think love is the strongest emotion, feeling thing in this world, right? God is love. And mm -hmm. so I was driven by love here. So initially, I didn't think too much about <laughs> business. But of course, um, and it was, it was uh, 
kind of still in COVID. So business was also like a priority for a lot of people. But I feel like, you know, people were going through their own transitions with of what it meant to work at that time. Yeah. Um, so one being remote wasn't too scary for my clients because a lot of people were remote at that time. Um, and so that was the beginning of when I first moved, it was kind of like, oh, I'm going for a little, I'll be remote. So it was, it was okay. When I decided to actually like stay, I think um, I was definitely worried about how they would react, but mainly because of the time difference, which could be between six and seven hours, depending on daylight savings. Um, and if I would just be like able, you know, to keep up with the time zone difference in the amount of work that, that we would have to do post COVID and rightfully so. So I had to prove myself. And I think as an entrepreneur, I'm always proving myself, right. There's never like a time where I'm comfortable and like, everything's good. And so I had to say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice. I was the one that decided to move here. So if I need to work from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m., my time, then that's what I have to do, right? Yeah. And I made it very clear that I was going to do whatever I had to do in order to make them feel comfortable about the transition. Now, when I finally, maybe after a year, got everyone comfortable with the fact that my work productivity was the same, then I started to kind of put some boundaries around it and say, okay, well, um, now I can only meet from 9 a.m. to about 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. If we can't kind of accomplish it in that time frame, then it's going to have to roll over to the next day. But I was only able to make those concessions after I'd kind of proved that my productivity yeah. wasn't going to wane. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Tell us about this is the support system. I mean, I know you have your 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 partner, but on how what type of support did you receive from your family in the states? Oh, um, I think my family thinks that I'm very rebellious, and so they <laughs> they're kind of um used to me being the outlier um, because all of my family obviously still lives in the States and most of them uh, live in New York. So um, New York, New Jersey. So um, I think they were, as always, my parents are always supportive, which um, definitely has affected who I am as a person and why I go after things so confidently. So they were just kind of like, if you're good with it, then we support it. I think I moved in October and my mom came out here in April. So about six months nope. later, she came out here, stayed for two months, really just to see how I was living and what was going on. And and she loved it. And she was mm -hmm. uh, like even more supportive after that, of course. And I think because I literally talk to my parents and my family every single day. So it wasn't like I was like gone, you know, like as far as communication was concerned. Um, so they were all very supportive of the move. I think a lot of my friends, the same, you know what I mean? Especially the ones that travel. I think the ones that don't, there is a fear for people of like, why don't you live close to us? Why aren't you close? Especially now that I have a child, right? And I think that um, that's just some people's way that they live their life like you know that's their way of the world and mine is different and I've just always been someone that's very confident in her choices um but overall my family and friends very 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 supportive um my clients very 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 supportive of my my choice and even when I acquire new clients I'm very upfront about the fact that I live in both places so I let them decide if they're interested in working together or not but I know what I can do and I know what I'm capable of doing. And I'm very, 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 very focused on building the life that I want um, versus the life that needs to be carved out for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, you know, again, I, I see all of that in you and it's just doing, I mean, I'm proud because a lot of people want to mm-hmm. talk about the, I was, you know, they're putting the sisters against the brothers, especially over mm-hmm. here in the States and all that other stuff. So just having a positive scenario, like what you have, that's totally important to me. You know, I want, I'm like, let's, let's highlight this sister who's not, you know, bashing dudes and, you know, mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Like she's just able to talk about what she's able to accomplish. And she's shining with her light without dimming anybody else's or nothing like that. So that to me is is super cool. I really, really like that. So has your business been able to flourish since you got over there? Oh, I think as much of a curse COVID has been, it's also had its silver linings of blessings. And I think one of the things was making it uh, like people understand remote work now in a way that they never did before COVID. And and that has allowed me to build a business halfway around the world. Um, And also just my years of networking and really building a solid foundation with who I was, who I am as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, as a publicist, as a talent manager. And so um, that foundation is really, really strong. And I think that this is the first year that I'm being very intentional about making sure that I have those face that face-to-face time with clients. There are some clients that I've never met that I've mm-hmm. literally represented for a year or two that I'm going to be meeting this year for the first time. And so I'm just very intentional this year about that because I do believe that there's importance. I'm a face-to-face type of person. I do believe that there's importance in that. And again, I was the one that chose to move halfway across the world. Yeah. So I have no problem putting up the effort to say, I'm going to be in the States for X amount of months let me make sure I touch point with everyone that I can and then continue to just do the work that they know me for. You know what I mean? I think when you are honest and transparent with people and you um, really do the work that you say you're going to do, there's not much that people can really complain about. And so gratefully, we've been able to flourish, yes, um, as far as still getting recommendations and still getting people interested in working, for sure. I think that's dope. You um, you were in two crazy business Mm -hmm. PR is crazy and Mm -hmm. also you know talent management is crazy so let's tackle Mm -hmm. PR first what's what's a a two-part question how is the PR business now Mm -hmm. and then what's the difference between the PR business here and in South Africa oh ah (laughs) oh these are very loaded questions I would say that um, when I first started in public relations, it was 2012. This was before Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very different world. Very different world 10 years ago. I, I had a, a publicist back really... then and she was the best ever. And now she's she got saved and she's doing stuff with God and, and she don't <laughs> have time for me. It's not a bad thing. It's just bad for me, you know, because she was just like, oh, the best. And I need a publicist now. I've needed one more than I ever did. And these yeah. people over here suck. All right, go ahead. It's, <laughs> well, thank you for unloading that onto my fellow <laughs> colleagues. Um, you know, I, I think that more than, well, obviously, other than tech, communications is so aligned to tech, right? That um, because we have to, communications, it's, it's always growing, meaning at one point we only had the radio. And then the television came along. Then at one point we only had the television and then social media came along, right? And I think that at every point of growth, as far as how you can disseminate information and communicate with the world, the publicist has to change, right? And so in the digital age, I feel like 
the World Wide Web, World Wide Web came about and publicists were like, oh, okay, we have digital publications now as opposed to just paper and analog and TV. Okay, let's get used to this. And then all of a sudden social media came and it was like, boom, right? So then, you know, an industry that maybe kind of changed gradually changed very very quickly i don't think we understand the last 10 years how different life is there was no uber 10 years ago there was no instagram 10 years ago these are things that we literally do every single day there was no amazon there wasn't a facebook was just started but it wasn't there wasn't an amazon there just there was nothing that we're used to nowadays and i think that a lot of publicists um have been slow to grow with the industry. And I also think the industry has been a little slow to grow. And I think right now we're even experiencing another wave, which is like AI, right? Like how do we work with AI communicating? Because now you have to think about deep fakes and false information, you know, and all these things that you didn't have to worry about five years ago, last year, whatever, whatever. So I will say that I did take a pause on PR because I wasn't sure that I loved it anymore. And I wasn't quite sure of like what excited me about the industry, but I have jumped back into it um, last year and this year um, because I found my why with it, which is just that idea of like people need representation, people without strong voices, people with amazing stories um, need representation and that's what I love. That's like the core of who I am. Um, I'm also very interested in working with tourism boards because travel and connecting South Africa and other Western countries to the States is very important to me. How do I get more Black Americans over to this side? How do I get more South Africans over to America? I know, I know (laughs) you're coming. Um, And so I'm looking at PR from a different perspective, but I'm also understanding I'm a new student in this new landscape of public relations. It's not just let me email a a, a writer because you also have to think a lot of these writers and reporters are getting laid off. These newsrooms are very thin. There's a lot going on in the industry. So I would say right now, PR is in um, not as, I wouldn't say it's not thriving as much as it has been in the past meeting with like a plethora of writers and editors and like, like just the easy funnel of how to get things done. I think you got to be smarter. I think you have to go back to school with it, meaning you have to do your your lessons on it again. It's it's definitely a different industry. Love um, you, and then I would, yeah. And then I would Love say you, here, um, ooh, I'm just getting into it here, but it's definitely a difference. It's much smaller. Obviously, I'm from New York, New York PR, LA PR, mm-hmm. Atlanta PR. That's a whole different thing, but um, it's a lot smaller here, and I think um. I am still networking and still figuring it out. We haven't acquired any local clients because I do believe in educating myself before I jump into anything. And so I'm still meeting people and educating myself, which is an important part of the process. So that's where I am on PR on this side. I I love your honesty, you know, mm-hmm. humility, because, and I said that because I, I might have a, um, a bone to pick with um, publicist. <laughs> I know state. everyone does, Jay. Well, everyone not, does. Not really. I mean, my first attempt at a publicist was just probably like so dope that mm. 
you know, I haven't been able to because I had a I had a blog during and I'm I misspoke and said Facebook had just started. I'm that's like 20 years ago now. Because I'm thinking about 2003 as opposed to 2013. Mm. <laughs> but um at the end of the day, I um I had a blog when that big black blog boom came like 2009 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. And I had one, um, I had the same publicist as the Jasmine brand. Oh yeah. We I was living in DC at the time. Mm-hmm. And um you see what the Jasmine brand is, <laughs> you know, um, I could have been in that space and it wasn't her fault. You know, I had personal issues and I relocated from DC, but I just, that's how dope she was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she knew what time it was. Like I ran into so many people since I became an author. I'm a full-time author now. I'm like, all right, boom, I'm, I'm a talent. So I, I definitely, I respect the game. I need to find the team around mm-hmm. me to do that part because you know, talent don't shouldn't be shouldn't have to do that. And I paid the right, money. Right. All these sisters who I ran into, just oh, with the game, they had the game. You know, oh, I'm gonna get you on Black Enterprise, and I'm like uh, Forbes. I'm like, I ain't making that much money to be on Forbes, but it was just the <laughs> same song and dance that everybody yeah. had. Yeah. As a po- I'm like, okay, so how about you start with introducing me to ten podcasters that you know that I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. that'll be good, but that never happened. You know, it was always just I'm waiting. PR takes time, and, and I'm like, no, it don't take that much time. You know that type of thing. So, <laughs> you know, with those type, and so I was like, oh god. But I was very interested to see what your um take on it was, and I just love the honesty because nobody was. I've I've been haven't ran into anyone who would say that it is different. It's totally different. The world is completely different. You're saying you're going back to school with it. That's man, that does me. I love to hear that. And I want a hundred other PR people, especially in the state <laughs> to hear that. It's okay. Like, I don't know. It's some of the best words in the mm-hmm. English language and mm-hmm. we're scared to use them. We always feel like we got to have a spinoff or find a way to spin it or have some crazy answer or something like that. Like, I don't know. Gets you out of a lot of crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, true. you know what? Very true. I don't know. Uh, I can find out for you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But mm-hmm. not give me no bullshit. And then you know, and just yeah. you selling me that, and then you try to tell me is you know is is a good sandwich? You're like, nah, I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that. I can smell it from around the corner. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think uh, yes, I've heard your perspective far too often. Um, and it does put a bad, you know, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths as far as public relations is concerned. And, and you know, I've heard it not just from individual publicists, but also people who work at agencies. You know what I mean? There's a lot of fluff around public relations and there's a lot of like the same um, rhetoric to your point of like, it takes time and da, 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 da. It's like, it's a lot of the same rhetoric that's used incorrectly and so you know, the belief in PR wanes and people are like, I don't believe in it. You know, I could do it myself. I can, you know, and it's like, I think everyone needs to be re-educated on the purpose of it, um, the strategy of it and like what's possible and what's not possible, expectations. I mean, there's so many things, all these things I've learned being an entrepreneur for over 10 years though. And then just being a human and honestly, more recently being a parent, like I, a mom, like I've just learned so much more in patience and to your point in saying, I ain't got it. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm unable to do that. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's something that I've more recently learned. But so. what they got to understand is that you're on the team to work with that person. Right. So you don't have exactly. to have all the answers. Some of the answers exactly. you guys can find together. Exactly. You don't have to exactly. say, okay, because they hired you. Because right. if you hire somebody on your team or your staff, you're literally, you know, we all going to be finding things together, solving problems yeah. together. It's not like, okay, I'm yeah. giving you have a bunch a month and you got to know everything. Right. Let's yeah, sort right. this well, out. You know, but Jay, to push back, to be devil's advocate, some people do believe that. Some people do believe that if they give you a dollar amount every month, you need to be a complete expert. But what needs to be understood is like, you can't be an expert in an industry that's always changing. You can't. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And you got, those are the weirdos, you know, who... who... <laughs> Yeah, they are. Cause I mean, some people are still stone assholes. Like, cause I spend money. Yeah, with some you, people are assholes. <laughs> and 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 that's it. You know, I look, I dealt with clients where and you had the ones that got the bag. And so they think that that carries things. Like, I mean, we have so many times where somebody booked me and I don't hear from them for six months and they come right back, like, let's work. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna send you another invoice. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. you know, that that's that's done. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. I paid you up front. So what? What are, what are you talking about? That's for work now, not six months yeah. next year. So I, I I get those people are like that too. They're just certain people that don't want to do work. I'm always been, I, I've been in your space with the, with, we're going into the next with the talents management part. That's what I want to mm-hmm. ask you about that next. Mm-hmm. But we've worked more than a talent that we're representing. So when mm-hmm. I got into a chance to become a, a, a talent myself, you're not going to outwork me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like for my for my name and for my brand, like I'm on it. I just need somebody because I know you can't do it all alone. So if it costs mm-hmm. me to get you on a team or we work out a relationship, whatever, I'm not expecting you to do everything because I'm already running side by side with you. I just know mm-hmm. four eyes is better than two. Four, you know, four hands is better than two. All of that stuff. So we working together. I don't have no expectation but you to come. Yeah, bring something to the table that I don't have, but then right. also work with me. So the talent agency, how mm-hmm. is managing that part? Because, oh, my God, that was tough nut to crack for me before. Yes. Oh, um, I love working with talent. And a lot of what I love to do, I try to run away from. I think, you know, I, I, that's something for people to kind of think about, right? Like, I didn't want to do entertainment PR, and I kept getting opportunities in entertainment PR and music. Um, I kept being successful within that space. So it was like, Jesus, you know what I mean? God, what are you trying to tell me? And then um, I kept working with talent as opposed to brands and organizations with public relations. I kept working with talent. And I was like, damn, I really love working with talent. And so when the opportunity came about, I was like, oh, these are transferable skills. Let's see what this is about. You know what I mean? And PR can be very, very tough on you mentally because yeah. it is a re- you get rejected a lot. There's a lot of rejection within public relations. Editor either doesn't respond, people don't respond to you, or they say no a lot, especially if you're working with clients that are kind of building themselves versus people who are already established, right? And so um, it mentally kind of drained me. And so I was very excited to jump into talent because I was like, you know, brands don't say no as much as writers and editors do. <laughs> um, that's a different type of relationship. So um, who did, but dealing with people is a lot. None of my clients are assholes, but people are assholes, right? right? And people are selfish and within ego. And these are all things that us as humans, we all do. 
whether we do it all the time or we do it some of the time or whatever, the people are constantly thinking of themselves first, which is fine, right? Um, But when you're dealing with 20 plus of different personalities, it can be a little stressful on you um, because you have to communicate 20 plus different ways. You have to show up 20 plus different ways. Um, You have to spread yourself 20 plus different ways. And so it is very, very difficult. Um, So my number one priority this year is bringing on new managers, is cutting down my client list and um, having other managers kind of take over. I can still be there for strategy and kind of overall thinking, but I definitely... um, I'm very interested in the idea of bringing on people to help with um, account management, um, talent management, and, and all those things for sure. Because it is a very um, fast-paced and taxing industry for sure. Yeah, I um, you know, I think it's different now. Again, like with, for all the reasons you said with PR, with the world being the way it is, and mm-hmm. it's only imagine. You know, when I was doing it, really wasn't no SoundCloud or it just started with right. music and we when I first started we had MySpace. <laughs> you know, right. So it kind of dates Ooh, me. Nice. Yeah, MySpace when I first started with my first artist and um you know it was a whole lot easier. I loved Twitter back in those days. Twitter sucks now to me, you know what I mean? But back in those days Twitter was everything. Um I mean we Facebook. just signed our first music client and music um, management artist management is so different than content creator management you know what i mean like and so the fact that we manage different types of talent too is like i'm dealing with different things at different time we just signed our first artist so we're doing artist management from the very foundational level so this is dnr that's your heart takes time exactly takes time (laughs) kind of work but when you believe in an artist and you believe in who they are that's just what you do right and i love music music is always going to be a part of my life in some form or fashion um, but music is also an industry that is very rapidly changing. And so, um, so we just signed our first artist and we just signed our first uh, writer producer. So now we're on to that kind of more film and TV management side, which is like um, very, very interesting too. working with agents, um, very that L.A. side of talent management that is new to me. Yeah. on like working in it I, I know people who are agents and like personally and stuff but like actually working in it is very new and very different so wow how is it with the t- content creators um again it was no content creators when i was in the how is that um ooh. it's a lot of like i mean i think talent management as a general is like a lot of going out to hunt like you gotta hunt and you gotta kill right it's like nothing comes easy not no shit comes easy right in any form of talent management but i think especially content creators because a lot of brands still don't know how much to pay content creators right they really don't know what their value is so it's also like continuously expressing your client's value continuously fighting for a certain amount of money um in exchange for deliverables on their side making sure your talent is focused on the creative and not so worried about everything else um yeah that's that's it's hard it's hard but I think I know I'm meant for it because like it doesn't drain me yeah I'm not like oof I don't at the end of the day say I'm done I don't want to do this I'm still on my computer at 12 1 a.m like (laughs) trying to get things done that excites me so that's how I know. And I always ask people um, what they want to do. And, and they say, oh, some, you know, some young kids are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And I say, 
well, what excites you? Like, what would you do if you didn't get paid? What would you do if you just like had to stay up till 3 a.m.? What would you do? Is that playing games, right? Is that watching movies and critiquing them? Is that, because then maybe you're a critic. If you're playing games, then maybe you should, you know, go into gaming and see what what kind of opportunities are in that industry. Like really just do what you would do if nobody paid you and you could do it all day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a and tough Honestly, if crack. nobody paid me, exactly. It is a tough nut to crack, but you also have to know yourself. You have to be a little bit self aware, right? If nobody would pay me to be talent management, I would still do it. Yeah. If I didn't need money to live, is what I'm saying. No, no, no. If I didn't need I, money I to live and I just needed to do something with my life every day, it would absolutely be supporting people from the background as a publicist or a talent manager. I think that's dope because a lot of people don't find that for themselves. You know, when I said it's a tough nut to crack, because a lot of our circles are telling us to go to do something that's just about the money. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not about making you feel good or or the um, actual fulfillment that you need out of the work that you produce on a day to day Mm -hmm. basis. And I get it. And we all get like you said, we got to we got to eat. And so Mm -hmm. for a time, I believe that like if you screwed up, you need to go get a job. You know, and then try to figure that thing out. And that's the thing that's going on over here. I don't know what they're doing over there, but over <laughs> here, everybody's scared of the big bad job now. You know, like I'm like, but you broke right now. Like, yeah, so, so you go get a job. Like, you got to go do that right now. I get I, it's not that you don't believe in your vision, like, but right. you gotta fund that bad Ooh, boy. You know right. what I'm saying? And you got a kid, right. you got this going on, and you got some work to do. So, um, in that space, people have to, you know, be realistic with themselves mm-hmm. but bringing it back to mm-hmm. what you do as far as talent is concerned what is the conversation like when you have to have one of them straight up realistic conversations with the talent like it ain't what you think it is are you not what you think you are <laughs> Ooh. hmm i don't think i've ever had to like have that conversation like you ain't what you think you are but i think that like Obviously, when I'm when so when I first sign a client, we do a full like brand evaluation, and one of the things is like your rates. So I put together like these are what your rates should be based on everything from experiential to digital content creation to like whatever, right? These are what your rates should be. I'm very honest about those rates, and they're very different for each one of my clients. And I base it not just on how many followers they have, but like the impact on their community their actual ability to influence right and the type of partnerships that they want right Mm -hmm. and so um for some i'll make their content creation more expensive because they don't want to do it right so let's say like a client is like i'm not pushing products so if i'm going to do this it has to be something i believe in and it has to be for a certain amount so then their content creation number might be a little bit higher than somebody else who is more interested in doing that type of um, brand partnership. Um, it really just depends, but no, I've never had to like sit down and tell anyone, but what I would say is that my clients, probably a consistent feedback that I get is that I'm very transparent and very honest, not just in how I feel about them, but how I feel about myself and the way I work. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that gives them, you know, like that makes them happy, um, to work with me. And even if it, even if us working together, isn't a, thing right even if it's not working I'm also very much like it's okay 
Like we don't have to, you don't have to always gel and work so well with every single, I'm not going to acquire every single talent on, in the world and work perfectly with them. Right. So it doesn't, if it doesn't gel, I have no bad. I'm like, I have very, very, very rarely, there are a few bad blood situations, but I very, very rarely. And it's because like, I'm always honest. I can always foresee if something just ain't going to be a fit and we can absolutely have an amicable parting and I will absolutely still rock with you and still help you if you need it in the future because what's the harm in that? We oh. all need, you know? So, um, no, I haven't been able to be honest in that way, but I will say that I'm just very honest in my abilities, my capabilities, when I'm at fault, when I fucked up, when I'm unavailable, when I, all those things, I'm very honest about that. Yeah, but the problem is what I always and I, as I told you earlier about you being honest, I think that's dope. Um, mm -mm. It's just it's always like it's always the management fault to the talent. You see what I'm saying? And and that that's what and I don't know about that's why I know about how the music situation goes. That's why I said bless your heart. Like, but I've never um seen what what it go, what goes behind the scenes with the talent creators. I mean, with the content creators. So. I just wanted to know if it was the same because literally it's even now you have that, those outliers who become major managers, um, but you have managers who bring people up in the industry, in the music industry from scratch. As soon as they yeah. get hot, they leave them and go to somebody else. Or yeah, if they don't get hot, it's it's your fault. It's their fault. And yeah. it's very yeah. rare that it's their fault. Like, I've paid for studio sessions. I've paid for, I own music now that I've never rapped over still years later because of how much music I paid for, for my mm. talent. And I've made more money off of it now where I would, you know, let people use it for stuff because I still own it. And I'm like, well, you know, I might as well use it. But I got caught. I'm like, dude, you only go into the studio when I'm in town. You know, you mm -hmm. only doing stuff when I like when the cats away, the mice will play type thing. I'm like, this is your career, not mine. Yeah. And yeah. it's and I'm sure behind the scenes, Jay ain't let me. I work for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Management works for you. <laughs> you know, I think that um you're right. That's a very common um experience. And I think that uh I don't I can't work with someone that doesn't work harder for themselves than I do. I, I just, because to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> I'm not here to hold your hand to realize your purpose. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help you and assist you, strategize with you, be a listening ear, guide you, talk with you through things, and and then execute, yes, on some things. Um, but I'm not holding nobody's hand to realize their dream. That's that's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. Um, there have been a few times where maybe I've been too slow for people. And again, I say, I haven't been a talent manager for 20 years. I don't have all the relationships and contacts. So if I am too slow, that's okay. You should find someone or try to do it yourself and literally no bad blood. But I'm going to be slow because I'm learning while I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah. maybe come back to me in 20 years. <laughs> when I'm more when I'm more established in the industry. But I've been doing this for three years. I can only expect so much from myself. You can only expect so much from me. Every year I do get better, but you can either rock with that and want to grow with that, or you can go somewhere else. And I think a lot of um, a lot of the issues with talent manager relationships is there's not a lot of trust and there's not a lot of um, 
loyalty, yeah. right? Um, but again, you can't have that with everybody. So it's okay if some people fall off, but you keep someone around when you trust them, when, when you believe them, right? Um, and when there's loyalty and the loyalty only comes with trust and belief though, yeah. because you're not going to rock with somebody if they always telling you shit and they never do what they say. That's yeah. not going to, that's never going to. So I think, um, that takes time. Um, and then it takes experience of like, you just being honest and saying, I'm going to do this and actually doing it, or I can't do this. And then maybe you do do it and you're like, oh shit, I did it. Or you can't do it and it really didn't happen. And they're like, oh, well, at least she was honest about, you know, what she could do and not do. And and again, it keeps coming back to that because you know how many people are doing what you do and been doing it for a year. And they're like, yeah, I've been doing this for five years. Or, you know, they start throwing in, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I specialize in coaching businesses and government contracting. And so in the government, they can you can get certified if you put your work experience down. So you say, well, I worked the nine to five doing this and mm -hmm. added three years on <laughs> to my new business owner. But truth of the matter yeah. is, if you're a new business owner, you mm -hmm. shouldn't be certified to do federal business with the government. And, you know, Wait your time, do your you work, get, get, get to know it, because the government, once you get in, mm -hmm. if you mess up. It's going to be that's hard it. for you to get back in and it's going to be hard for the next 10 people, especially it look like you and I to get back in there. So sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves first Amen. and then be honest with the people around Amen. us so that we can actually get to where we need to get to. Yeah. So I've heard that from you multiple times during our conversation, which is a big deal. Yeah. And it's, it's all about self-awareness. Right. And it's all about like we live in a fucking society where everyone's trying to be something that they're not. You know what I mean? And that's why it's hard for me to be on social media. You go to my page. I don't post a lot. I don't post a lot because um, a lot of what I'm doing is I'm doing the work, meaning like I'm learning. I'm in I'm in virtual schools. I'm trying to like understand shit. And a lot of that is not Instagrammable. You know what I mean? Like I'm <laughs> I I, I'm networking. I'm I'm on the ground really trying to build something. I don't consider myself an expert and I don't consider myself an expert, although I've been in PR for 10 plus years because I am still learning because it's an industry that's always learning. I don't believe I'll ever be an expert in it. I'll have a lot of experience, but I won't be an expert in something that's always changing. That's impossible. And so, and I'm always changing. People are always changing. And so, um, yeah, like, I just think people are addicted to acting like there's something that they're not. <laughs> and like, I'm not about that. And I don't know if it's because I'm where I'm from or how it was raised or what it, but I just have no interest in putting on airs for other people. Like, Jay, I tell people all the time, like, if I could live on a farm and like never have to use an electronic ever, I would, That that's literally who I am. Like, I just want to be on a farm with my animals and my people and my kids and my, like, that's just that what damn I sure ain't from where you from because of all of this. So you are an outlier. Of... It's a different experience. Yeah. It's a different experience. But I said somebody today, like, I want to make global impact, but I have such a small, like, I want to make worldly impact in what I do. And I know God will align, you know, me to where I need to be to do that. But I'm so concerned about my circle. Like, I'm so concerned about my friends. I'm so concerned about my family. I'm so concerned about my growing family. My my son 
my partner, like those are the people that like, even the people in the office that I see every day, the receptionist, I'm concerned about that person. If I can make her smile or make her feel like Tanisha is a good person, that is what I care about. I don't need to be fronting anywhere about who I am because I care about who I am with the people that see me and interact with me on the day to day. And that number keeps growing. Right. That's so now life, you're though. now a part of my circle. Right. Exactly. Now yeah. you're a part of my circle. I care about the way I interact with you. You know what I mean? That's real life. That's that's real life. Yeah. It's not fake life. It's not that shit. People you ain't gonna no. never talk to nothing. And it's like, really, people are condolences and all this other stuff. And like, like you ain't never met this person. Though? You crying. You are emotional. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then the person around the corner from you, you can give a shit about. So like. It's a different situation, yeah. and I'm glad you still connected to what's real <laughs> in this life. Um, because a lot of people we're losing them, you know, before we even lose them, we're losing them because they're just caught up in the matrix, and so it's crazy. Yes. And I'm glad you brought up. And it's about it's like a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they have to put on airs, right? They feel like they have to, to your point, have so started. much more experience than they have. I'm sorry, <laughs> Don't get I'm sorry. me started. Okay. You know, I just wrote my my fourth book. I'm releasing on Christmas Eve business corner. And that's what this, this was about because I think that we're losing entrepreneurship, especially in this country here. Um, but with the truth about what entrepreneurship is, you know, yes. and entrepreneurship is really a selfless act and a selfless Ooh. decision. And a lot of people, you know, are just trying to find a way not to go to work. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? They're not really doing business. And then mm. we're not getting support. That's why I, that's why it's called Business Corner, because um, who do you have in your corner? And we started from the beginning of a business to when you sell it, because I've been through all of that. I've started plenty of businesses and I've sold business. So I know that I could have made more money when I sold my cleaning business years ago if I had the right people in my corner and on mm. my team. Mm. And I wasn't under the rest. I could have been in millions with certain businesses if I had certain people around me. And people just don't know who to align them with. One of the biggest things I said in the book, I said, this is the craziest thing when you convince your wife or your husband to get in, to you got to start a business. And now for five years, they got to sit without the Louis bags and without the travels and all that other stuff. Now you got a hundred thousand, 200,000 in the bank and you, and you up and then you go back to them and tell them, I'm going to put all this back into the business. They, you lost them. They ain't in your corner for at least for a little while. <laughs> Who is around you guiding you through that process? That's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow. The kids are not fresh like everybody else's kids. Your girl not getting her nails done on a regular basis like she was because she sacrificed for the business. She's not traveling. You ain't been on a trip since. Who was in your corner for that? And we're not talking about that. We're just saying how I can make money and not go to work. Well, I always say, if everybody's performing in the damn show, who's buying a ticket? <laughs> who is buying a ticket? And so it's just like I'm 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 over it right now because I came from entrepreneurship when it was really a thing where being at an HBCU, I went to Benedict College, which was three hours away in Columbia, South Carolina, where our people telling me you stupid for owning a business in college and having a restaurant, a restaurant in college. Like, are you stupid? Like you should have been like, yo, this dude, he on it. Let me help him. Let me push him. You know, I see he got the, he got the glow, right? No, they like, nah, you stupid. Go to the job. It's crazy. So my my job and my goal is to, I'm fighting it. Like, nah, this ain't that. This ain't what entrepreneurship look like. You you got a job. You you gave yourself a job, 
and you working 15 hours and you was bitching about working eight. And real entrepreneurs do eight hours when they stand on their head. You know what I'm saying? That's light. So I'm and like, I have twenty. I have twenty bosses. I have you know twenty plus people that I need to exactly. You went. You traded in your one boss for twenty. You know what I'm saying? And then you and you just worry about putting food on your table. If you're a real entrepreneur, you worry about putting food on a bunch of people's tables. That's not easy. You said what you're thinking about when you're thinking about how everybody eats. How everybody's fed, and then this is the caveat that nobody want to hear. They eating before you. Hello. Hello. That right are you there. Okay with that? Are you okay with that? <laughs> and most of them are not. They don't want to hear that part. They're like, and I, I, I teach entrepreneurship on a regular basis, coaching these business owners, and I'm saying, like, look, man, you, you, you got to be honest with yourself about, you know, I'm cool with if you know how to do a thing and you don't want to go to work, do that. Don't call it entrepreneurship. Right, don't do that. Just say don't you're working that. for yourself. You don't feel like going to work because you you you're soiling it. Um, intentional self employment is what's happening. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. You're not an entrepreneur. So I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad you're still in touch with the real world. And again, <laughs> I said congratulations about having your son. Um, that's an amazing accomplishment in, in our life. How is life? Forget business for a minute. How is life now? as a mom and a soon to be spouse. <laughs> um, ooh, um, God's plan. God's mm-hmm. plan. Uh, I have been, uh, an individual for a very large, almost my whole life. Um, very independent. Obviously while my parents sent me to boarding school, very kind of self thinking, um, very selfish, right? Um, for majority of my life, especially my teens and my early twenties. Um, being a son—I mean, being a son, being a mom and having a son—has um, caused me to look at life from a completely different perspective. Um, I didn't. So I always tell people, look, I'm not the oogly googly, you know, pregnancy is bliss and, uh, you know, the world is my child. Mom, I'm not that. Right. (laughs) So I absolutely love my son. But when I first had him, my first reaction was nature over nurture. Right. I was uh, I was his protector. I was just supposed to take care of him. That was my immediate feeling toward him. It wasn't love. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this person is amazing. It was like, I have to take care of this being. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the past few months that has turned into an affectionate love that is stronger than I've ever felt for any other human being, obviously. Um, the fact that he's a young black boy makes me happy and sad at the same time because of I all said. the things that I have to teach him. Well, well, because of all the things I have to teach him so much earlier than a white boy or a young girl, um, I, I watched the 1619 Project this weekend, and one of the episodes is about, obviously, police brutality. And I've never understood Michael Brown, um, even George Floyd calling out his mom, um, these mothers and what they've had to endure. Um, and I think more more recently, and I hate that I, I'm terrible with names, but I hate that I forget the name of the young boy that passed. Um, more recently, but all I could think about was like, at one point, all of these young black men were babies Mm -hmm. and their mom had to take care of them. 
and their mom heard them laugh for the first time and, and smile. And I'm literally going through those moments right now. And to think, I mean, God has a plan for everything. So I don't, I don't speak out of fear or worry, but to think if something like that happens to my child that I'm loving on right now, my five month old, I, I just couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine someone looking at him and not feeling the immense amount of love that I do. So I see police brutality and the death of these young black men and black women, um, the murder of these young black men and black women in a very different way that I did before, because I am a mom now. And because I've seen someone literally, literally take their first moments in the world. Yeah. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm happy for him to experience this life. And I hope that I'm able to um, provide you know, the guidance that he needs. And um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm loving this, this moment. I'm loving the opportunity and the responsibility of being a parent. I'm excited about having more kids. I've always wanted to be a mom. That's something that I've always definitely wanted for my life. Um, and it didn't come as a surprise. It was something that was kind of planned, but um, I'm even grateful to have the opportunity to be pregnant and to give birth, which a lot of women don't have and a lot of black women are fearful of because of the black maternity um death rate that's mm -hmm. rampant in the united states um basically a health crisis and no one's talking about it or as as much as they should be but um i'm loving that i do love being a partner as well but being a partner is very tough that's a whole nother conversation being a partner in a committed monogamous relationship this very like societal definition of what a partner should be um, is a very difficult thing because to your point about selflessness, it's all selflessness. Being a partner is all about sacrifice. And um, I'm not saying that it's a negative sacrifice. I'm not saying that it's a a, a tough thing because I don't believe in, I don't believe loving things should be tough, yeah. but um, it is a sacrifice because you are kind of conforming to someone else and all of their things that they bring, <laughs> all of their upbringing and all of their experiences. Um, and then bringing those two things together to raise a child is yeah. a completely different experience as well. But I am very excited about life. I'm very grateful and blessed that God has one, given me someone to love because not everyone has that and given me a child that, um, that came from me. Um, that's another thing people don't have. So I, I think the only thing I can think about is like the bless because it's not everyone's experience, um, especially people that want it. Right. Uh, and so I'm just very blessed to be in a space that ebbs and flows the roller coaster of life. I'm just glad to be on the ride. Honestly. It's, it's amazing. Some of the things that you say, <laughs> being someone that lives on the continent now in the South Africa, mm -hmm. South Africa, so you feel the same way there, same some of the same fears that you feel in the United States? Oh, no. Those are holy American fears that I have for him. Um, I do not have that sense of fear here. I feel very comfortable and wow. very safe with him being a Black man in South Africa. Wow. Um, these are literally all fears that I have for him visiting or living in the States if he chooses to in the future. Um, it's very different here. You're, we're the majority, you know yeah. what I mean? We policing doesn't have the same historical context and it's just not the same out here. They don't shoot first and ask questions later. They don't manhandle you just because of the color of your skin. You know what I mean? 
there's different things that they deal with out here with policing, but it's definitely not murdering black people. That's not something that they deal with. Um, a black man doesn't walk around. There's no fear of him like there is in the States. Um, mm. So no, I do not have those same fears here um, at all. That's an amazing tidbit. Um, a big yeah. one because yeah. I think that people need to hear that. Yes. Um, you know, black people yes. across the whole diaspora need to hear um, what's going on because you already know what we grew up seeing. You know, yeah. uh, we grew up in the same area, so we watched the same news and, you know, all that other stuff mm -hmm. like that. And yeah. all we saw was that kid in Africa with the eye, it would fly. The fly. If you, if the you fly. blink one time and the fly go right. away, but he wasn't strong. You're like, why don't they move? Why don't they move? They see that fly. The fly yeah, the fly, he's not strong enough to blink to get the fly to go. That's how bad it is. And so to start to study and hear and now, you know, being able to talk with someone who's like, nah, that's not like that. And I'm, you know, I'm watching the video, seeing you out at, at places and, I'm like, oh, that looked like over there. Like, oh, okay. They're like, they got a mall over there. Like, that's so that's just like super dope. And people need to know yeah. that, you know, so that we yeah. can um get out there and see it. Like, put put it on the on the you know the, the to-do list, like forget going to Europe. It's not nothing wrong with there, but you're a black person, try Africa. Go see what's going on over there. Take that ride. There is something wrong with going to Europe, Jay. There is. Okay. I'm just saying, we need to like, putting not, money in the colonizers' pockets. I'm not with you. That, that. No, no, I'm with you. Right now. I'm just saying, too, I'm not beefing with them. I'm just saying, <laughs> we like us. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. that was what was going on with me and my family. That's when I, why I said that. I said, it was like, hey, let's go to you. I'm like, man, before I set foot in Europe, I'm going to Africa first. I said, I wish I might go there before I go to Africa. You know what I'm saying? So that was on me because I got the knowledge of self and I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't mind traveling in and seeing what they got to offer, but not before I go to Africa. That's not going to happen. You know, so, um, you know, hey, I'm clear on that, but a lot of us aren't. You know what I'm saying? Because no, they, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. they're showing all the nice stuff over there. Mm -hmm. They're not showing mm -hmm. the beaches and the beauty and all this stuff and the, oh my god we're looking at houses and i'm like are you serious like i live yeah. in vegas now like it's it's wild expensive compared to you know going over there i'm like are you serious like so it's it's really beautiful nuts. country beautiful yeah. people beautiful opportunities i mean like it's endless and you know a lot of my friends and family tell me to put my experience online right because obviously this is our tool our communication tool mm -hmm. for the world to combat the media that we've been fed um i'm just lazy and social media is not my thing but i i should put more of my experiences online so that people understand my healthcare experience was amazing my OBGYN was amazing my birthing experience was amazing all of my doctors nurses everyone was black the only person that wasn't was the pediatrician but it was only because that was the only white the, there's only one white pediatrician and she just happened to be um on um on staff that night that I was um so giving weird. birth but it, you know and it's like a it's like so familial it's so wow. familial and so comfortable, but I'm really speaking about South Africa, right? You got to talk to people that live. And I know people that live in Ethiopia, Namibia, Zimbabwe, Ghana, Nigeria. I mean, like the experience is absolutely different, but I think the core of it is that people are comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever they are. I, they're I, comfortable I, and they're happy being black. I'm so, I, I've been so, I'm super so. <laughs> I've literally been showing videos to my whole family 
And, you know, over the last few months, like, look, this is what we're doing. We, we you know, that's going to be a, a frequent scenario for us. And then that's why I started making connections saying, hey, we're going to do business because wherever I go, I'm doing business. So <laughs> it is what it is. So I got to definitely make sure that that's going on. But um, I'm just. There are people you know, here that mm -hmm. visit for like a week or two and stay or they visit <sighs> and they're like, I'm moving back. I'm moving because you just have to come and experience it. Just like anything in life. Yeah. You have to come and experience it. And once you do. I'm telling you, I'm t every single Black American that I've ever talked to that visited is like, I'm coming back or I'm living here. Yeah. Period. I and there's so many Black Americans here. And I'm not the first person to do it. There's so many that are from Newark. I just met a, a brother from Newark who's wow. been here 15 years. Like, there's so many. Actually, I'm going to connect y'all to. There's yeah. so many people so i'm i don't even want to make it seem like i'm the first and you know i saw this opportunity oh, when i moved dope. here you're dope don't take don't don't put it because no because <laughs> in the states right now our sisters are on one now us brothers yeah. we always been on one but y'all are on one like worse than we ever could have been what are you talking life. about because like the, like it's the really against the brothers and like I don't need nobody. It's it's just like real bad. So to see a sister even from Harlem, that's like I'm happy to have a partner, a <laughs> child. Not one time have you said anything about your bag. I gotta get my bag or you know. Jay, like, I think you need to be around other people. No, this is social media. I'm not even around these people like that. And they damn sure ain't paying me. You just start me my following fees. other people. You just start following other people. They ain't paying me my fees. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, <laughs> people paying me my fee don't even look like us. You know what I'm saying? I got to have an <laughs> argument with people, with my people to get my back. You know what I'm saying? So, That's I don't true. even bother. But it's just one of those <laughs> things where, you know, it's like, look, are we serious right now? And I'm still, like you said, I still care about my people. So, like I won't starve yeah, my friend. I won't starve Academy. It's it's my nonprofit. It's to help black individuals become entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. And so these are who I'm dealing with. And then you know when I'm going into the trenches, and I'm coming out super dirty, man, because it's like I like and it's because uh, y'all are kicking ass when it comes to wanting to start a business way more than the brothers. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So I'm dealing with the sisters, and the sisters have just got their their, their minds is somewhere else, and it's hard to help them. And I'm like just hearing you. I'm like, yes, this is this is it. And but then you did you you got up and you moved, right? And I don't care if love have anything to do with it, but you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you could have been like, well, he got a bag, he can come over here. And <laughs> no, you went. You know what I'm saying? You got what you got. You brought something to the table. Now y'all got a beautiful baby, and y'all making it happen. Like people need to hear that because yes, it is people that's coming over there, but. Ain't a lot of sisters coming by themselves and just saying leaving New York and then you in the PR space like man, come on first of all Harlem people think Harlem is the best thing that ever happened in the on the earth. It is. So <laughs> so to get you out of <laughs> Harlem is a, is a, is a, is a tough nut to crack. And then now that Harlem popping like on a different way now you know it's all nice and everybody want to go and see it like a museum. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's a whole other thing. I will say that, yeah, I I, I would have never, like five years ago, if you oh, would have, I've said I would never leave New York. Are you serious? See what I'm saying? The epicenter of the world. Exactly. Yeah, no. Exactly. So to do you that. You know what? And I, and I want to I wanna represent the sisters, Jay. I want to say that there is a lot of, there is a lot of issues between Black men and Black women. Um, 
not things that cannot be solved. I think communication is number one. I agree. We have a communication issue yes. between us. Um, I think we both have been through very tough things. So there's also a little bit of resentment. There's a lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things, you yeah, know? Right. And so the way that both of us react and act are built off of a lot of those things and then the 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 decision to not really listen or hear the other side um I'm not perfect um I think a lot of what I believe has been because of the way I was raised and just my experience in life um but I have a lot of black women friends obviously I went to Spelman so I know a lot of black women <laughs> um but I don't know I think that oh, I don't want to point the finger at either side. I really want to point the finger at white people and say it all starts with slavery. No, it's, but- it's <laughs> both of us, but I just think our sisters have taken it up a notch and which y'all are capable of doing. It's just like, you know, when you talk about the cheating, like guys can cheat, but when the time for a girl can cheat, they can really break you down. You know what I'm saying? Like really take it Can there. we? Because oh, yeah. we don't believe that. But that's not, well, you're choosing to, to believe falsehood. <laughs> like, because... Dudes are just usually out there, out the lunch, just doing something just to do it. When the female decide okay. to do it, it's more calculated. It's emotional. It's, you know, yeah, it's it's like that. And we understand y'all power, at least us, the ones that's willing to admit it. Like, y'all have the power. We've never wanted to not be bothered with y'all. It was just that we didn't protect y'all. I always put that mm. out. We haven't protected y'all. And mm. it was good. there was times we were slipping on the job as far as doing what we were supposed to be doing for making y'all feel, you know, as powerful and as important as y'all supposed to be. But there's a reason for that. No, no, it's, it, it is. But we, we got We still got to blame ourselves because we, we, you know, once we get knowledge, we, it's our choice right. to not do that. Right. We have the right, choice. Right, right, right. So there's accountability. To, that needs to yeah. Happen. We don't have to do the self-perpetuating thing, but yeah. our sisters have gotten to a point where it's like, we don't need them. We've never been in the space where we don't need y'all. You know what I'm saying? We've been in the space. Would of, y'all be acting like it? No, we're going for another one. You know what I'm saying? For another sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, this sisters is like, we... Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, okay. Him, Black men. Period. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, if he it, don't make $100,000, I'm like, sister, in the <laughs> United States, it's not that many Black men that make that type of money. So... Are you going to go with the seven to ten to fifty thousand, however many small amount that we are that have gotten to the six figure mark, and all y'all millions? They're gonna go with these these ones, or are you gonna get with this brother who's making fifty and help him get up there? And a lot of them are like, especially this new generation, nah, nah, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. If he don't got it, then I'm on something else. And I'm like, well, you ain't even trying to live in reality because that it's not to say that that brother can't do it, but they see the people on TV, like the Candy Burrises and, and who's like, oh, he got to sign a prenup. Like you seen, it ain't like you, you know, was doing rocket science and you built, like you seen, that's a God-given talent. If this brother makes six figures off of busting his ass, then he's worthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you sing, that's a God-given talent. If I play basketball, that's a God-given talent. I can't make you feel bad because you a nurse. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's God-given talent. Now, if you if you a nurse and I'm a nurse and I'm making more money because I get up and go to work and I bust my ass and you don't, that's something different. But they'll right. be, oh, I, I I got the lottery ticket and I hit, I got on TV and made, made some M's and now he ain't worth, like, that's not, that's not true. When you lose that bread, then what? 
I heard now I'll get off of this. I heard that young lady on um <laughs> um Housewives of Potomac years ago. She said she was married to um Juan Dixon. She said, I gotta get rid of my stuff because we're not making that NBA money no more. I said, Well, Juan Dixon played in the league about 10 years. What was you doing when he was bringing <laughs> it back in? Mm. What were you doing? No accountability. Like if he bringing the bag in, if right. you can't keep buying bags, <laughs> go ahead and put it. You got to put some of that up because you got to know he's not going to be playing ball for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what are we doing? So I would like to say that I don't No, It's okay. You can be on your soapbox. I would like to say that though, that I don't like to generalize people. Right. I don't like to generalize gender, race, whatever, whatever. Right. I think your experience is based off of what you're like, right. Right. Like who, is in a in and around your life digitally in person whatever whatever um and different people have different experiences i know women who do sound like women you're talking about and i I know women who don't i think that um it's hard to generalize and put a blanket statement over all black women oh not all black women it's it's always a majority with me because my wife is not like that she hasn't been like that we've been together since we was 19 and but her family was well, and family. So I was that person. Protect- I was that person who was shunned, who was shunned, and like because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And in the beginning, you don't make mm-hmm. no. Money. You don't, right? But, no, you know and, and they want to protect up. the girl. I, you know, my my daughter's like this. This is how I told my daughter. I said, as long as that brother can take care of himself, mm. and he treats you well, and he makes you happy. And you good because you you gonna be I right. I'm not worried about how how you gonna be taken care of. My daughter already right. has two books of her own. She's already an entrepreneur of her own right. She's only fourteen years right. old. You're not gonna worry about finances, right? right. You meet somebody who's gonna make you happy, and as long as he can take care of himself, right? I I don't want you feeding a nigga who can't feed themselves, <laughs> like like. Like, see, you're doing the same thing, no, no, though. No, 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 no. I, I can always take care of myself. When I, I had my own apartment when I met my wife because I didn't have financial aid to have a, um, a crib. So I had mm-hmm. my own place. I just didn't have what they wanted me to have. And why should I at 19 years old? You know what I'm saying? At 20 years old, at 21 years old. It's not realistic. But they kept it to a space where it's like, my, I'm going to keep my foot on your neck. Until a certain situation. So you got that. And then you have other people. I've seen my grandmother with her five girls do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was a thing where they tell you it's all good. Because you also telling your daughter he can be a crappy joke as long as he got some money. That yeah, was a and that's thing. not the right thing to say. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen the domestic violence and mm-hmm. stay with them because they got they got bread. Like so all of these negative things. So I don't live that. And I wouldn't have, because I've seen it. I couldn't be with nobody like that. Mm-hmm. But I care about my people and I see what's happening because I I, I volunteer with my people because my, I'm raising kids and mm-hmm. I want them to say, yo, he was helping us when we was kids. So that's his daughter. That's his son. Make sure he good because he's out right. here in the world and it just starts at home. So it's with our people. So if I can get my people some game before I get somebody else people game, Absolutely. I'm going to do that. And so right. again, I give you honor as a sister because a lot of people won't. Mm-hmm. The brother's going to find some way to pick at or find out the per- the imperfect parts about you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the majority. Like, and what, what I'm seeing is like something dope 
and it should be highlighted. It should be celebrated. You know what I'm saying? Other sisters should see what you're doing, not just move to Africa, but just like, yo, let me think of like, first of all, we'll start with the honesty. Let me think about just being honest with myself and make it easier for me to be honest with people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Let me think about making the people around me smile. So, because mm -hmm. I know if they're really happy, you know, mm -hmm. they can actually bring their happiness back to me, you know, yep. as opposed to if they pissed off and then they take yep. it out on me because they pissed off. You know what I mean? I took in everything that you said. And so that's why I made that statement to you about who you are, because if that's how you can carry it, then people need to know <laughs> that because, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it don't matter what you, yeah, you was raised to be by that brother that you hooked up with saw something in you. And obviously he was the one that unlocked the key to say, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to be what I need to be for him. I'm going to be water with him. I'm going to be flexible with him. I'm going to be everything I need to be. So salute be to him. Yes. Yeah, man. Salute to him. Yeah, salute to him. And, you know, I'm just so, okay, I don't know you like that, but I'm proud. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you. I'm I appreciate proud. that. So I told you in the beginning, and so we like to end with STARVE, the, the acronym. I want you to tell me what the acronym stands for for you or what, how you feel about the acronym. What something that it makes you think about when you think about standing tall and reclaiming victory every day? Ooh, standing tall and reclaiming victory every day. That's such a strong statement. Ooh, I will say it's twofold for me, right? I look at it as two different ways because I, I believe in life and duality, right? That you can both be confident and insecure, that you can be understanding and hardheaded, right? I believe in the duality of life, which allows me to be water, to your point. One of my favorite Bruce Lee quotes, be water. Yeah. Um, And I love the strength and also the softness of water, right? the vulnerability of water and the strength. So I'm going to look at the acronym as a duality. So stand tall. Some days I'm very confident. <laughs> and um, some days my backbone is strong. And some days I'm everything that people think I am and that I believe that I am. And then other days, the testimony, the victory has to speak for me, right? Um yeah. So that's what if it to me, it just underlines the sense that life is duality. You can be both tall and and then on other days, allow the victory to speak for you instead of you speaking for yourself. I love it. I love it. Listen, I told you all we were going to get started off back correctly. <laughs> you know, we've talked to some heavy hitters um, on this platform over the years of me doing this podcasting thing. But it's, you know, when I changed the name, it used to just be in the studio with Jay Haleen, but then um, mm. I had a revelation, you know, and so the starve portion, and this is my mantra, and I you know, talk about my story, but um, that, that meant so much to me to find other people who have those type of testimonies, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. to, to actually, because I can talk about a celebrity's you know, I've interviewed the likes of Ice Cube and, you know, uh, it, it go down the line. But y'all are way more important, way more important. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't tell our story enough. Mm. We do not tell our story enough. And as a writer now, you know, being able to tell my story and knowing and then you're back in the, in, in the motherland where the stories were passed down properly. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so. Like, I'm like, how can I give back to my community in that space? Well, let me find those stories. 
Let me have a conversation with those people who have those stories, not the lottery ticket stories, the everyday person that you is, is attainable. Somebody can do what you've done. I mean, you look on TV, they, that's, you got all those no's because they're looking for that one in a million story. When if they were to say yes to the story that you were probably trying to push about a client of yours, it would have helped some people. But they're looking mm -hmm. for that one in a million story. Well, I want the one that my people can actually do so they can actually exactly. find a pipeline to get to a better life or just a different life. Sometimes a different life yeah. ends up being a better life. So salute okay. to you. Salute you. to everything that you're doing. Again, congratulations on the beautiful baby. Um, I love babies. I'm not having no more, but <laughs> I love babies. I just adopted a baby. Um, not mine, but my little cousin's baby. And I just literally adopted her. She just turned two. So she spoiled rotten by me, my uncle oh, Jack. That's a little toddler. And I'm not having um, no more, but I've, <laughs> I've said that a bunch of times, but I'm adopting a whole bunch of babies. <laughs> <laughs> um I do I appreciate you for using your voice I think to your point as a publicist um a black publicist that represents black talent and organizations and businesses and stories we have to take back the power of being our own media you're absolutely right um but I do also want to say this about South because I feel like I have been very um altruistic and kind of like beautiful everything's beautiful and and the journey hasn't all been beautiful right like I would say it's very lonely making a decision to leave your home <laughs> even though I consider my partner my home now right I'm from New York I'm very close to my family um even though they let me spread my wings I am still very close to them and very close to my friends very very close um, it has been difficult kind of going through life things, especially most of my pregnancy here by myself in the sense, you know, I have my partner's family and friends and people I've met along the way, but without your core, you know, who your, your core are right. Things are difficult. Things are very difficult. Feeling like I've missed out on things in business because I've been here um, going through pregnancy by myself, technically not with my girlfriends or my mom and my family. Um, for the entire journey, I have had very, very low moments where I question why I'm here and I and I have to lean on my why. And, and your why is something very, very important to me. It's something that I make my clients think about, something that I consistently think about, um, because you can get very lost if you don't have your why. Um, and so I ha I've had to lean on the why I'm here. And it has to be bigger than my partner. Right. <laughs> um I've had to lean on that many, many times. It is a very, very lonely decision at times, but then it could be a very rewarding decision. Again, the duality of life, right? But you have to be okay with the highs as much as you're okay with the lows as much as you're okay with the highs. Um, so I will say that. I will also say like new culture. I'm very aggressive. I don't, I'm not coming across as aggressive right now. Um, but anyone who knows me knows that I'm very, very aggressive. And even in that honesty, sometimes I can be very aggressive and not very passive and nice about it. Um, that doesn't go over too well in South Africa where people are mm. more humble and, um, they do things a, a little bit slower than what I'm used to. So if I, I've had to check myself and been checked many times, um, because of my gender. So by men, because I'm a woman. Um, and by people, because I'm just like 
aggressive in a way that they're not used to. Um, and so I've had to, I've had to check myself and self-evaluate that too. Like, who do I want to be professionally and how do I show up in professional spaces in this entirely new culture? Because this is not the States, it's not America. Um, and things operate differently here. So I've had to respect that, which is why I said like, I really haven't tried to acquire clients yet because I'm still learning how to be successful in this landscape. So yeah. I would say those two things because I think that I've made everything very pretty and it is very pretty, but I wanted to highlight the the other side of it because there's always another side. There's always a, another side to a coin. So you are my, the sister I never had. I got this. Well, now you have me, Jay. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. I say because because <laughs> I love that. I always love to hear the other side. Um, it is not even for me to ask you that, but you gave it out voluntarily um, because I want to hear that portion, that first portion to get people because how much we get scammed on social media when somebody's saying, do this, do this, do this, and nobody ever tells you the bad part or all the steps you got to go through. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather mm -hmm. tell you all that to get you over to Africa. I'd rather mm -hmm. <laughs> get over there. That's at least I'm telling you do it for something better because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. and I've studied a lot, and I'm saying, people said, yeah, it's crime. It's what's name, but it ain't like nothing that somebody haven't seen in America. You know what I mean? And so, like, oh yeah, you know that they always put that in your mind. Like, like oh, it's just the worst. Like, no, like it was fifty mass shootings already this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm from New York. People ask me all the time, "Do you feel safe?" I said, "I'm from New York." Every time I walk down the street, no matter if I've walked down Lennox a thousand plus million times, I'm always with my head. My head is yeah. always on a swivel. Yeah. And so. I've never been robbed in New York, but my head is always on a swivel. So you don't think I'm going to be like that here? Yeah. No, exactly. it's the same thing. Nowhere. It's a city. <laughs> that ain't going nowhere. So, I, you know, I but I just do I do appreciate you um, in being fully transparent. Um, We need that. I, I think that we're going to mean you're going to figure out some type of way to connect so that we can uh do another, even if it's not a podcast, but some type of video just talking about mm -hmm. this thing. Cause not just Africa, but the, you know, getting away from social media some somewhat, you know what I mean? I think it's a tool, yeah. a great tool, but just yeah. understanding that business, you know, it's being played out, whether you're on the internet or not, especially yes. in, in the government space. Like they don't go on social media to, to, to buy. To find know, people. Yep. No, they don't do that. So like, it's a whole nother world that's past this. And so um, I definitely want us to go ahead and do things like that. But let yes. everybody know how to connect with you, how to contact you. Um, you know, you can put the email on. <laughs> but, yes, the uh, email. but, you know, your website and your social media and everything like that for them, for everybody to know where you are, and how to get with you. Yes, 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 yes. You can put my email. It's OK. Um, <laughs> but my email is Tanisha at therebelagency.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-B as in boy. E-L-L-E-Agency.com. That's the website for the PR company, therebelagency.com, even though there's not a lot there, but it's because I be doing a work, y'all. It's hard to do it all. Um, and then on the talent management side, the website is rebelmgmt. So R-E-B-E-L-L-E-M-G-M-T.com. And then I'm just my full name, mostly everywhere, Tanisha Cologne Bibb on LinkedIn, Instagram, everywhere so tanisha c-o-l-o-n-b-i-b-b -B. follow her and if you're watching this you're gonna see it on the screen so oh, connect oh, with her i can't believe i didn't wear any makeup or anything it's i didn't know good. we were being filmed oh man <laughs> but that's a good thing because look, you they show these girls how to do it naturally 
You know, everything's going oh on. My what God, is, what's going on? Yeah, we have to dissect what's going yes, on. Yes, we with do. Because these, 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 these filters are to. these filters are the devil. These filters I use are filters. The no Let me explain something to you. I, I met a, I saw a, a classmate of mine, a college classmate of mine. And um, you know, <laughs> I've been out of college for years, right? So um I said I see on social media, I'm like, yo, wow. She she's like, wow, oh my God, you know. <laughs> I'm in the grocery store one day and I run into her. What's up, Jay? And I'm like, and she had a, a name, I mean, a, a ID on. I had to literally look at the ID to make sure it was the same person. Like, that's the devil, yo. That, yo. I mean, again, it's a purpose for them, but you can't like reconstruct the whole who you are. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you read my bio, I, I've done photography for years on a high level, like very high level. So I understand Photoshop. You know what I mean? So I know how to Photoshop people. But one of the things you learn is that I still want you to look like the person. If I've done your headshots, yeah. I want people to recognize you when they walk up on you. You know what I'm saying? So right, I'm right, touching right. things, but I'm not making you look like somebody that you're not. You know what I'm saying? For that, because then it's going to look bad. I mean, look like I'm nice behind the scenes, but it's going to mess you up. And I want you to, you right. know, get what you need to get. So that that them filters are the devil. <laughs> and yes, we will. We're gonna that now. we are gonna dissect this. We have to, you we know. Have. And we go get we go get because look, I gotta get out. The, look, I gotta get it off my chest. But Please, okay. thank you so much for giving me your time. And you know, we we gonna stay super connected, and we gonna do some things again. You guys, y'all see everything on on the screen. You'll be able to see connect with her if you're looking for some representation in the States, or if you think about getting money out in Africa, holla at her. Um, in South Africa. I got to say it right, in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. And before you know it, she'll be all over the continent, but right now we're starting in South Hopefully. Africa. Hopefully. No, we're going to make that happen. Yes. We're going to make that happen. Uh, that's, my, my mind is, my wheels are turning. But y'all know what this done. is. It's already done. Okay. <laughs> Starve Talk, back in action, y'all. Go ahead and to the uh, page. I won't starve.com, www.iwonstarve.com. Go on there and go to the um Instagram page at Starve Talk, YouTube page, YouTube dot um YouTube backslash starve talk. Go on there and subscribe right now. You can see these videos and see all the other stuff I'm talking about. See me ranting and raving like I was doing right here by myself in the car somewhere. I'm talking about one of these subjects. So catch up <laughs> with me. And see what we're talking about. But until then, I'll talk to you guys next time and in my next video. Peace.